Coach Mike Houston, ECU football uh, head coach, uh, joins us here this afternoon. Uh, coach, I hope you're well. How's everything going with uh, the Mike Houston family and with the ECU football family? I think both are uh, functioning quite well, uh, given the circumstances, and uh, you know, each day enjoying uh, what uh, what that brings to each of us, and uh, and just trying to get better every day. So things are going pretty good. Good to hear. And I appreciate you taking a few minutes with us here this afternoon. You've got uh, the the task of whether they're on campus or, in this case, off campus in a lot of cases, uh, keeping up with 100-plus uh, people. I have to imagine uh, that it does have its challenges, especially when you can't look everybody in the eye or kind of gather them uh, you know, for meetings. But uh, technology, I guess, is serving a way to keep up with everybody. I was about to say, you know, we're finding ways to do um, probably more than I ever thought was possible. You know, we had a team meeting this afternoon at 2.30, and uh, so I, I addressed them for about, uh, you know, between five and ten minutes. And uh, after that, they had position meetings with their position coaches. So, um, you know, technology has allowed us to stay in pretty close contact with them um, and, and at least function somewhat. So, uh, you know, we do feel like we have a good grasp on uh, each player, and kind of where they are, how they're doing, um, you know, what their resources are to, uh, you know, to work academically or work athletically. So uh, we're staying in pretty constant contact with them. Is this, a, is this a Zoom sort of meeting, Coach, or are you doing that through a different platform? Yeah, yeah so we're using Zoom for our team meetings, and then for our position meetings, we're using Microsoft Teams uh, just because, you know, it, it functions a little bit better with our video stuff mm-hmm. where I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're showing, you know, film from last year, film of upcoming opponents, um, you know, having some pretty detailed breakdown meetings. So using a couple of different platforms to, uh, to communicate with them. And then their workouts, uh, obviously any, any conditioning they're doing, any weight room gains that they are achieving, they're all doing that with supervision, but, but basically on their own, uh, as far as, well, as their daily activities in a sense, aren't they? You know, they, they are on their own almost period. So, um, you know, the strength coaches have assessed, you know, kind of what each player's uh, resources are. You know, some of them have nothing. Some of them is just, you know, body weight and whatever they can find around the house and, and going out and just old school running, you know, around the, around the neighborhood or whatever. Um, some of them have, you know, some, some type of home gym. Uh, some of them may have access to a private gym. Um, you know, each, each setup's different. Um, but you know, our strength coaches have worked with them to kind of tailor each workout, depending on what they have available to each player. So that to me, uh, as Mike Houston joins us here on the Patrick Johnson show, that to me coach would seem like, uh, the, the, one of the more difficult things is not everybody has access to the same kind of equipment. Uh, so that had to be boy that that really put in some overtime from the strength and conditioning folks to to tailor uh make the, that that to me seems like a bigger challenge than, than the communication challenges if there are any it sounds like you all have the communication side of this pretty well wrapped up yeah i mean it's the thing is they they split they split them up to about you know each coach has about 25 kids each of the strength coaches and so uh they they spent a lot of time putting this stuff together right at the very beginning um and so now it's, you know, they, they, they're running pretty smooth now. Gotcha. Coach, are you spending any time uh, in the office? If so, how much time are you able to spend in the office now? 
Well, I mean, I, I, I go in a few days a week just uh, when, when there's certain things going on staff-wise or some stuff with our players where I feel like I, I'm functioning better there. You know, I'm trying to operate from home a lot, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's just not very efficient uh, in the house. So, uh, you know, I'll go in, go in my office and lock the door and, you know, I can, I've got all my te- all my technology there and I've got all my resources and film there. So uh, I can I can stay in there all day. Are you uh, are, are any members of your staff coming in a few days a week or is everything they're doing right now remote? A few. Most yeah. are, most are functioning remotely. Um, there are a couple, um, mainly the new uh, coaches on staff that, uh, you know, they, they don't quite have everything set up on a laptop where they can take it home yet. Or, you know, they're still trying to look at uh, some stuff from last year on film that we did. And uh, so mainly it's the newer staff that's, uh, that's coming in from time to time. Gotcha. Mike Houston uh, is joining us here. We're uh, always excited when uh, Coach Houston gives us some time. We'd be uh, <laughs> right in the midst of uh, or wrapping up spring football. We'd, we'd be kind of in the yeah. midst of that, I think, right now. Uh, the spring so- game would be this Saturday. Yeah. Okay. That is right. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember yep. what it, since last weekend was Easter. It wasn't going to be this weekend, wasn't it? So yep. uh, what would you be doing? I mean, how, how, how wildly different would your life be right now compared to what it is uh, if, if everything were normal, I guess? Well, I mean, you'd, we, we'd be in the middle of, you know, practicing three times a week and meeting, meeting every day with the players except Sunday. And, uh, you know, I'd be, you'd be, you know, deep into film evaluation, establishing your depth chart, uh, trying to develop our young players, um, you know, especially the new kids that came in mid-year, um, you know, trying to make sure we get as much install done defensively as possible with a new system going in. So, I mean, you would be, you know, up to your neck in it right now. Yeah. Uh, coach, as far as, um, any kind of return reassembling guys, that sort of thing. We talked to uh, Dr. Mitchelson last week a little bit. He sort of gave his thoughts and some of the insight into the planning they're doing as far as bringing the student body back uh, to campus at some point, possibly later in the fall. Uh, or right now, what what are you feeling? What are you hearing? And what's your sense on a, a possible date where players may be able to come back on campus and, and start to prepare for the for the upcoming season? You know, I'm a, I'm a little more optimistic, uh, probably more optimistic this week than I was last week, because uh, I think you're starting to see the national, um, you know, tide turn with this virus. Um, I'm hopeful that we'll get the players back sometime this summer, uh, hopefully in June, uh, at least by the beginning of July. Uh, and that way we have just, we have a chance to, um, you know, get them prepared, get them back in shape and get them to where uh, we can hopefully start the season on time. I'm still optimistic that we're going to kick off August 29th and daddy second. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm feeling better and better about that. What would be the latest date you could get guys back and still be ready if games are to go on regularly scheduled in the so-called week zero timeframe? Well, I mean, just talking to the conference coaches, and we've had several meetings, with, um, you know, within the conference. I think most of us feel four to six weeks. We'd we'd like six, uh, minimum of four, uh, to get the kids ready for preseason camp. So, <clears throat> any any later than the beginning of July, and I think that you're looking at probably getting the season pushed a little bit, because you, uh, people don't understand that, you know, we train 
we would finish spring practice this this week. The kids would have about a week off. Then we would train every day from that point to the beginning of preseason camp to get them in shape for preseason camp um, because you have to be prepared. I tell you, the, the, the grind of the season is so tough. I saw uh, uh, some stats the other day that when the NFL had the strike shortened off season a few years back where they basically just started uh, – started preseason and went straight into the regular season with no OTAs, no off-season, stuff like that, the injury rate was so much higher than a normal regular season uh, because you didn't have all the training leading up to um, the beginning of the regular season. So I think four to six weeks prior to preseason camp is what we have to have to make sure that the players are safe. Uh, we've got Mike Houston with us here uh, talking uh, kind of uh, the, the operating uh, procedures for ECU football here. Uh, lots of things to talk about with Coach. We appreciate him taking a few minutes with us here uh, this afternoon. Uh, David Cutcliffe said today that he would like to see any kind of return for college football be uh, uniform. In other words, not mm-hmm. a conference by conference uh, sort of thing right? Uh, or, or a partial conference sort of thing. Uh, are you are you and other coaches in the American sort of in agreement with that? I think we all feel that way. Now, how realistic is that? Um, I don't know. You know, given the fact that you know we're in you know the East, uh, you know somebody else on the West Coast may have different uh, kind of dynamics going on around them. But uh, I think everybody feels like we all need to be on a level playing field or as close to we can as possible. It's not going to be level. You know, we missed the entire spring practice. You know, some teams got the entire spring practice in. You know, the University of Houston got 10 practices in. Everybody's going to be at a different place uh, because of losing the spring the way we did. <laughs> and with you building a program uh, and, and, in a sense, reestablishing a culture of a program uh, in a lot of ways and a lot of the young talent you have, I mean, that that's – that's vital. I mean, having this time to have yeah. had those practices oh. was, was, I don't think people, yeah, it's big, but I, I don't think people really understand the enormity of, of what this spring meant to the program. We were, and I, I'm, I'm not over-exaggerating this. Uh, we were at an, an absolute high point since I got there when we broke for spring break. I mean, it, everything was operating at the highest level it has since we got there from an, from an attitude, accountability, work ethic, positive enthusiasm, everybody working together. Um, you know, everything was just in such a great place. Um, and it really, <clears throat> I've talked to the players about it. It stinks. It does. But uh, you, but you can't control it, you know, and we got to control what we can control. And so we're trying to stay focused on, you know, every single day, you know, pushing ourselves to be the best that we possibly can be in whatever we're doing, uh, controlling our attitude, controlling our effort, controlling our preparation, uh, and not worrying too much about the circumstances around us. But, yeah, it's it's vital, vital time together and vital developmental time uh, for our program, given how young our roster is uh, at this point. But, you know, it is what it is. You gotta you got to handle it, uh, adapt to it, and move on. Coach, uh, are, do you have any players that are still in the dorms? When we talked to, to Ron Mitchelson, it was uh, a few dozen. Uh, John Gilbert had told us a while back that a few athletes in other sports, because they were international athletes, obviously had to 
to be in the dorms. Uh, are there any football players in the dorms right now? Or uh, I'm sure there's some in Greenville as well. Yeah, we, we've got a handful. And, you know, the reality is, um, you know, for some of our kids, the circumstances uh, in a dorm room may be better than what the circumstances would be at home, you know, as far yeah. as, you know, ha- having having food, having electricity, having Wi-Fi, you know, having a, a safe place, um, you know, having people close by to help you and support you. So we have a handful in the dorms. Uh, we have a handful in Greenville. Uh, of course, Luke Larson, you know, he didn't have the option at all uh, right. being from Australia. So, uh, yeah, there's some. And, you know, what, what, you know, Teron Williams has done a great job of really staying on top of each kid and making sure that if, if we have a kid that we feel like is in a bad situation, one that's not going to be conducive for his well-being, then we try very hard to find a solution. And for some of them, that's been to come back to campus. Mike, has there been anything that you might not have had time or, or we're going to maybe look at later in uh, the the summer that you could have been able to pay a little more attention to now as, as far as the program as a whole? That maybe, I don't want to say it was a back burner situation, but just something that during the normal course of business, you had other things you had to focus on that now you maybe have a little more time to, to look into or reflect on. I was about to say, besides my wife and kids, you know, that's probably the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, you, you you've actually you've actually seen your family a good bit. So, uh, and I think that's I, I'm, I, that's not a that's probably good for everybody. I mean, I think that this whole thing has forced all of us to slow down, uh, spend more time at home, spend more time focused on some things that maybe you know do take a back burner sometimes, sometimes to our career. But uh, yeah, that's definitely one thing. I think when you're, when you're talking about football. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the program, I think probably two areas that we're probably ahead of and probably a little more in-depth with, and that's, you know, we've already done our, our game plan stuff for South Carolina and Marshall, the first two games, and probably spent more time and more in-depth uh, than we normally have time to do in the summer uh, with those two games. And we're going we're gonna to also do uh, Norfolk State, which is game three, and we're going to do UCF, uh, because it's on a short week early in the season. <clears throat> we're going to look at some other teams, but those four breakdowns, we're going to do complete breakdowns of those four teams uh, you know, during this time. Uh, the other area is recruiting. Uh, you know, The big negative is we haven't been able to bring the kids to campus, which that's really going to slow us down as far as getting solid commits right now. But we probably have stronger relationships, and there's no doubt I have evaluated and talked to more high school and uh, junior college and grad transfer recruits uh, this spring at this point than I have and maybe ever um, just because you spend, you know, I'm spending half of my day every day solely on recruiting. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, each, you know, that I've talked to probably 10, 10 uh, high school and junior college players today. And, you know, each one of those kids, by the time I've talked to them, they've been evaluated by no fewer than six coaches or so. So you're getting really a jump start uh, on that where, you know, most of the time it would be probably June by the time we were at this point in depth of recruiting. Yeah. Uh, Mike Houston is joining us uh, here. It's great to have Coach Houston for a a few moments with us uh, here. Uh, We had a couple of uh, folks send in some questions uh, to, to ask you here. Uh, this is from uh, a good friend and a guy who uh, who played in the program, Kevin Wiggins, years ago. He was asked, he was curious about the kids that 
were the high school seniors who were not on campus yet uh right. and and you know how that communication is going and what you know the process of of you know what they're having to do to be prepared as soon as they are able to get on campus to sort of hit the ground running is well you you, you can have communication with those guys um more than you can with the recruits less than you can with the players on campus um but you know, you stay connected with them we're trying to make sure that everybody you know completes their eligibility and applications and you know, some of that stuff got taken away too because you haven't had the SAT or ACT this spring. Right. Yeah. So, so many, so many high school classes have gone to pass fail instead of a grading system. So the eligibility center, I think, is going to have to make some concessions with some of that stuff uh, regarding initial eligibility. But you know, we're trying to work to do the best job we can with those guys. They're allowed to listen in on some things uh, with our team, so we're doing that. Um, we're just trying to keep them as connected as we can uh, at this point. You know, it's uh, it's that's not as big of a difference for us than uh, it is normal every year. But certainly, you know, those guys are not going to school every day. You know, they're not quite as active as they usually are. So I do look forward to getting them on campus as soon as possible. Uh, Coach, what is the status of Mason Garcia? What can you give uh, as a follow-up kind of to that? What, where, where is he right now in his process of, of qualifi- qualifying and uh, your communication with him, which I guess, as you just said, is, is somewhat uh, limited? Well, we expect Mason to be on campus this summer. Uh, I am fairly optimistic he's going to be eligible, and so I think, I think he's going to be ready to start competing when we open fall camp. Mike Houston's with us. Okay. Uh, Mike Houston's with us uh, here. Uh, We appreciate him taking a few moments with us here on the Patrick Johnson show today. Uh, Pirate Al, you knew he would chime in, uh, Coach, uh, wants to ask, uh, the NCAA apparently is voting in May, I think it's the 20th, to allow student athletes to transfer once without sitting out. Uh, is that, does that become free agency in college athletics and you foresee that vote happening and, and what could that mean for a program like ECU? I think it's very dangerous. I mean, I think that, uh, I think if, if, if you got to protect and you got to have some integrity, uh, within the, within the sport, um, you know, people are very critical of that. And, but if, if you pass that without any kind of, uh, restrictions, I just, uh, college football will completely change. I yeah. mean, I think, and you, you can forget the have and the have nots. It would turn into something that's not what we have all grown up loving. And, uh, and something that I don't think would be good for the student athletes. Uh, to me, I think that if you, if you're going to keep it as, um, you know, an amateurism sport and a college sport, and it's not a professionally run league, then you, there's certain things you got to have. And uh, if you're going to go, you know, this Im- name and image likeness and, you know, the free agency, as you put, if you're going to go down those uh, roads, then you might as well go ahead and make the student athletes employees of the university and treat them as such. You know, you're losing the whole student athlete model. Uh, and, you know, I'm, maybe I'm old school or whatever, but I mean, I'm, I, I got a degree from college because of the sport of football. Mm-hmm. That is it. I, I would not have, I would not be here today if it were not for the sport of football. It gave me an opportunity to go to college. 
gave me an opportunity to get an education, get a degree, and change my life dramatically over what it would have been. And so I'm a big proponent of the student-athlete amateurism model. And so I'm against, uh, you know, anything that would just undermine the integrity of the, uh, of the, of the sport. Coach, we've talked a couple times uh, with Brett McMurphy here during the last few weeks, uh, and, and one of the most recent things that he yeah. uh, has talked about in recent days is the expansion of uh, the, the football playoff. Uh, there's yeah. some strong consideration for, for that now with right. this sort of pause in operations. Uh, going to eight teams, possibly 16, but eight seems to be the, the overall consensus. Uh, as, as just your opinion – does it need to expand? How much more inclusive? Because that's my big thing when people have these expansion arguments. It needs to be a little more mm. inclusive, especially the teams out of the American, in my mind. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, a, it's another one of those things. There's going to be there's going to be positives and negatives. If you expand, certainly I think the American is, you know, a full contender then. Because uh, I think you're sitting right there. You know, a lot of a lot of these rankings or whatever had us ranked as the fourth best FBS conference in the country last year, even though we didn't have a representative in the college football playoff. Uh, so if you expand to six, I think the American is is fully, uh, you know, a, a big participant in the playoff. Uh, you go to eight, you know, there's no doubt. You know, we'd have at least one, maybe two teams. So I think that that's the positive. I think the negative is, you know, you're lengthening the season. Which I, I I do have concerns over the wear and tear on the student athletes. Um, you know, when I was at James Madison, we, you know, we played back to back years. We had fifteen game seasons, mm-hmm. and you know, you play fifteen games in a season and back to back seasons. That's a lot of wear and tear on the on the players' bodies. And what we saw was in year three, you know, we had some injuries that didn't show up in year one and two, and so. I, I do have some concern about lengthening the season. I think you got to be very, very careful right there. You know, everybody wants a conference championship game. Everybody wants, you know, you know, whatever this game or that game. So I do think you got to be very protective of, uh, you know, not overdoing it. Again, this is not a professional league. It is a, is a, you know, an amateur uh, student athlete uh, model that we play in. Could, could you see that that so-called P5 group and maybe some teams, if not every team in the American, perhaps splitting and kind of be another let's division, classification, whatever you want to call it, uh, sure. comes about with football as a result of all yeah. of this? Yeah, I think easily there could be. I think that's, you know, that's what, uh, you know, people have talked about for a while now is, you know, the, the power five and, and, and you hope that the American would be in that because, you know, we are viewed by, by the power five as a peer, you know, the big 10 does not, does not allow their, um, you know, their, their teams to schedule non power five teams, except for American conference teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are at that level. So you hope we'd be included in that, but I could see, you know, those schools breaking away from the NCAA. One of the other things, a very, a very real possibility. One of the other things that uh, we talked with Brett about extensively was the possibility of games, the football season for college being played in, in the spring, uh, or at least over a couple of semesters or December. However, it may fall. In other words, a delay. 
you've got to prepare right. uh, as if the season's starting in uh, late August. But uh, right. if 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 that's the case, how much does that shift? I mean, have, have you guard, have started to have some of those discussions? If we have to delay things, how mm-hmm. we will go about? You know, all of the prep as you've talked about that goes into it. Well, I think I think the prep's the prep. You know, you've got to have X amount of preparation before you start preseason camp, and you've got to have X amount of preseason camp before you play games. So I think the, you know, the preparation is the preparation. I think that's what's going to dictate, you know, when the season starts. You know, when are we allowed to bring the kids back on campus and start preparing? I think that that date is going to dictate the start of the season. Um, personally, I hope that we don't go into the spring because I think that's not good for other sports. You know, I think that hurts basketball. I think that hurts the spring sports. Um, you know, if you keep us in the fall, then, you know, cause college football is, you know, it leaves a big footprint, you know, so it's, you know, no, no matter where you put it, it's going to, it's going to have its place. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I hope that we can keep it where it does not interfere with the other uh, major sports. You know, the, the enterprise of, of college football, and especially for ECU, season ticket sales, game day ticket sales are so important. Uh, if you had to play a season without fans, what would you envision? I mean, obviously, there, there's the financial ramifications of that. But, uh, you know, as far as the pageantry and the game day experience, it would be remarkably different. Right. You know, it's, it's not ideal. It's not what we want. I don't think it's what anybody wants. Um, but it is a better alternative than not playing. Now, I don't think, personally, I don't think it's going to make it to that point. Right. Um, I think you're going to see a season in the fall. I think you're going to see a season where fans can be there in the fall. I hope that the national kind of uh, feeling with everything is to where fans feel comfortable going into stadiums. And, and going to games, uh, I do think when all this quarantine stuff is lifted and we are able to get out and get back around each other, I do think you'll see a resurgence. Uh, so I hope that you see that in the fall. But, uh, you know, the number one thing that I think is everybody wants to make sure that we save the season, uh, you know, safety first, no doubt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but everybody wants to see uh, college football have a 2020 season in the fall. Mike, what's the, uh, the the kind of the most uh, enjoyable thing, unique thing uh, that you've been able to sort of do with your wife, Amanda, and the two sons that you, you uh, haven't been able to do, you know, normally this time of year? <laughs> well, see, we had a Nerf gun fight this morning as soon as I got up. <laughs> so uh, now my, my wife my wife was not real excited about that, but right, you know, there's these little little Nerf the little Nerf bullets all over the house. Uh, but that went on for about a half hour. So, uh, it's, it's been good. I mean, we've, you know, I, I went for a, I went for a jog with my wife, uh, this morning, which is the first time. And I don't know how many years I've done that. And, uh, you know, we've had movie nights, several nights. Um, you know, I've, I've got uh, Owen and Reed. I'm going to try to take them out and, and do something outside after dinner this evening. And so, yeah, yeah. just, you know, you've, you've been able to just catch your breath and, um, you know, you, uh, it, it's, it's going to do one of two things. You're either going to see a lot of marriages and families grow closer, or you're going to see a higher divorce rate. One of the two, <laughs> you know, that's, because I mean, yeah. you're, you're forced to be around each other 
right. you know, so much more than what we're used to. So, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of things come out of this quarantine. There's no doubt. You haven't, you haven't benched something like Tiger King, have you yet, coach? You had time for that? No, I tell you, you know, my, my neighbors have been all about that. And we got, we got this little neighborhood, uh, chat we have going mm-hmm. and, you know, the Tiger King has been a big part in that. I've watched, I've watched part of one episode. I'm just, I'm resisting that a little bit. You know, that's, I got that's you. a little out there for me. Yeah. Is there something you have been I'm able not, to sort of watch or do that, you know, you, you've got around to kind of doing? <clears throat> uh, we, 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 we've watched a lot of, now listen, when we, when we say movie night, I mean, I've got yeah. an 11 year old and a seven year old, so it's, you know, it's a PG movie night, but you know, we've right. watched a, a lot of, movie, a lot of movies together. Um, you know, played, you know, done some board games, game nights and stuff like that. Road bikes a lot. You know, that's kind of our speed. You know, yeah. Amanda and I, by the time, by the time the kids go to bed, <laughs> if, if we, if we turn on the TV, we're going to be asleep in 10 minutes. So you're not getting very much into anything that's adult oriented. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to catch up on the game of Thrones. I'd okay. Like, I, I, I still haven't seen all of that. You know, we've got it. We both enjoy it. So maybe, maybe we can get through that. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, one of the yeah. things that you, you had done that I thought was really, uh, I, I was excited about, uh, a while back, you had talked to Ruffin McNeil about sort of coming back and being honored at some point last football season. It didn't work out. He was going to come back to campus for kind of a coach's clinic, I believe at the end of, of March. Right. Uh, could right. you just talk a little bit about that relationship and, and how that conversation, it's something I think we've talked about before, but just revisit how all of that's come together and where that relationship is right now with coach Ruff. Well, I mean, you know, Ruff and I were acquaintances whenever he was the coach at East Carolina. And then, uh, of course, trip Weaver was a GA for him and I hired trip at the Citadel. And so I talked to Ruff a good bit during that time and then got to know him over the next several years. Um, you know, I've got a lot of coaches on my staff that uh, were with him when he was in East Carolina. So that relationship through those guys has grown over the last 10 years. Um, you know, Ruff, Ruff and I are, are, are on a really good place. Um, he respects uh, our staff. He is all for our staff and anything he can do to help us. He loves East Carolina University. He loves ECU football. Um, it was a bad breakup, there's no doubt. And there were some mm-hmm. things probably um, that could have been done better and could have been handled a little bit better uh, that could have maybe not fractured that relationship so badly. But, uh, you know, Ruff being the genuinely just phenomenal person that he is, you know, he's kind of let some of that stuff go. And so I think that, uh, you know, when time permits, you're going to see him back on campus because uh, certainly I'm going to encourage that and I'm going to try to find a way to do that because I think that's good for him. I think that's going to help him heal because, you know, when he gets back on campus, he will feel the love that our alumni, our fans, and our university have for him. And I think that's something that would be very positive for him to help that healing process. Uh, he and his wife both. Um, and I think that will also help, you know, our our alumni and fans that were bothered by the way things ended, I think seeing him in that, in that light would help them also. Uh, Mike, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I know uh, sure. you're, you're, you're still very busy, but uh, it, it's been something anytime we can get you long form, 
it's, it's so enlightening and a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it, and I hope you did. And uh, well, uh, the best to you and your family. And I don't know what you have planned after dinner tonight, but I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, enjoy that. Yeah, with, with, with those two and their motor. Uh, it's always it's always eventful. So uh, if you, if everybody time, on the roster had their motor, you guys you might run the no table doubt. next year. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Listen, th- thanks for having me on. Hope everybody's staying safe. Miss seeing everybody. Wish we were seeing everybody in Dowdy Ficklin this Saturday, but really look forward to seeing you there this fall. So thanks a lot. Go Pirates.